My name's Alex, and in a couple days, my wife and I are having a baby. This is the first entry in an audio diary podcast I'm calling Are You There Pod? It's me, Dad. Every week, I'll recap the previous week in figuring this parenting stuff out in real time while calling up my friends that all had babies within the same month I did. So come with me as I figure out parenting on the fly. Rana. I'm wearing slippers today. Well, Rana, I mean, we just had our live show. We blew it out of the water or the park. I my don't know. T- my tootsies still hurt. Your tootsies. We so blew, cute. We blew my it out of the water still park. That's right. We blew, <laughs> we blew it out of the water park. Like, we went down that slide and never stopped. Like a child with diarrhea at a water park. We blew, it. We blew it out. We blew it out of our anus. We blew it out of the water. We just took that inner tube and we floated and then we collapsed. Like Leo DiCaprio on St. Bats when he does the, he puts on the uh, the boots, the jet ski yeah. boots. Oh, and the, flies yeah, in the air for the a second. Sexy. Are we kidding? I mean, like, well, when we're, well, they'll have that on the yacht when we go on the yacht. They have all those games and toys, you know, they put up the big wet slide that you can go from the upper deck into the ocean oh right yeah right into a shark's mouth right exactly right into a shark's mouth (laughs) that is always what i picture i'm not even kidding every time i see someone going off one of those things like in a movie or something yeah or in like a you know if beyonce's going off it and like uh you know being papped yeah yeah you think about oh she's gonna have a terrible bruise tomorrow i don't know why no it doesn't look like it'd be fun Oh, I think it looks like a lot of fun. I have. Yeah. I like a slide, though. Sure. You do? You wouldn't think that about me. I know I wouldn't. wouldn't think do you that ever about go me. just like by yourself to the playground and uh, yes, I often climb do, up? Yeah. And- <laughs> no, those slides aren't long enough for me. I'm too old now. I'm too tall. I know. God, I used yeah. to think they were so enormous when I was a kid. I remember. Yeah, so intimidating. Yes. There was one yeah. that used to be shaped like a rocket ship and it went in a spiral down. Yeah. So exciting. The well, show was a huge hit. We have to thank everyone for coming. We have to thank On Location for doing the On Location part of it. Our premier guests. We have to thank, of course, On Location and everyone there. Kate and Adam, who are so busy during award season. Kate Arthur and Adam be very and still there they were. So busy during award season. Also, Kate Arthur is very busy during Housewives season. She does. All she se- does a little bit of both. She's busy all seasons. Did yeah. you see the Beverly Hills trailer? I, you know what? I I haven't, though I hear Erica is almost directly quoting me from Bitch Sesh again. You're kidding. No, I mean, yeah. I'm not surprised, but like, what, what did you hear? I said, my opinion, the girls had me on the, their live show and on their podcast, and they asked me their my opinion of what was going on. This was in the With very the early, early stages of the Girardi case. Okay. And I said, I don't care what's going on. I think it's her job when you're a cocktail waitress that marries a guy who's 30 years older than you (laughs) to hold his hand on the way out the door. I don't care. And she says in the trailer. And apparently she says it in the trailer. Is that right? She did. She said, I I was expecting to hold his his hand on the way out of this life or something like that. Yeah. So she basically quoted me. She's obviously listening to Bitch Session. Or her assistant is or her writer. or Mikey. (laughs) Could be Mikey. Right. Exactly. Right. Is he the choreographer? He's a creative director. Creative director. That's right. 
Of yeah. course. Yep. Yeah. Could be him. But speaking of creative directors, we also, we have to think. Nick, of course. Of course. Adam. Fabulous Tony, who was so hysterical on the Tony show. Tony is such a talent, always yeah. and forever. Oh. Mimi, fabulous. Mimi. Mimi. And of course, Jessica Ford, who did uh, all of our backdrops and all of that. So, artiste. I mean, She's an artiste. Yeah. The entire, like you said, the entire Yale School of Drama came out for us. Basically. Yeah. They're yep. all on scholarship here right now. And they're all totally brilliant. And they're the ones who really, really helped make this seem like an enormous show. Yeah. Which it is. So we have to thank everyone. It was a fan. And then a couple of people got chocolate Oscars. How about that? How fun. So cute. And I also want to say uh, that we are doing our Oscar wrap-up show. Yes. Very important. Yeah. Very important, which is very exciting. So I- That'll be that'll Patreon be the Monday right only. after the Oscars. Yeah. Patreon only. And if we're yeah. famous for this episode, so that'll be yeah. the Monday right after the Oscars. That's so uh, October. T- what is wrong with me? October. October. Well, October was probably your best month of the year. So you're probably still living in October. Is Maybe. That, yeah. Maybe because of my sexy <laughs> Halloween costume. What month are we? April? We're in April. So we're yeah. six months from October. So I'll say <laughs> April 26th. Monday, April 26th yeah. is when we'll do our recap on Patreon to the Oscars, which are on, of course, the 25th. Yeah. So that's going to be, and that'll only be posted on Patreon. So if you've been thinking about joining, yeah. please join us. This is uh, a good, and the video in fact, we launched so our Patreon. So, exactly. Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. A little over a year ago, but we launched it with the Oscar episode. That's that right. That was exactly how we did it. That's so right. we could not not do that again. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Now we have a couple of fabulous updates before we get to, uh, um, a show Greta, which is going to be fabulous. fabulous too. Yes. But I mean, these are some really fun updates. So I thought that you should read them, of course. Okay, let's do it, Rana. Okay, so this first one is from the guy whose new lover only wanted to have sex outside. This so was this a guy was a he met on ago. an app. Yeah. He, this yes. was, and also the promiscuous behavior was from pre-pandemic, as I recall. That's they correct. And it was Toronto, on Toronto, our... I believe. Yes, Toronto, Rana, technically. Mm, meeting behind... Parked cars. And- they were having sex by parked uh, cars. And then right. maybe a year lots. or something, or six months later, they had moved to the country and then they invited him to come into there. He started sending him sexy pictures of his own. Bo- he wondered if he had a relationship. Yes. And then it turned out he was sending him pictures of him with his of his sexy partner for some reason. Yes. We, and wondered if they were inviting him in. That was part of the, yeah. A lot of like yeah. what's, yes. It was all, all up in the air as, as most great loves are at a certain point. And Megan Rath was our guest on that. Yeah, episode. she's always on the yeah. sexy ones, Rana. Yeah, she is. She's a sex part. She's the one who's on always on the sex episodes. Okay, dear, this is the follow-up. Dearest Rana and Brian, first I need to say I was elated when you read my question and apologize for the overdue follow-up. It has been one hell of a year. And hearing my words read by the warm and melodic tones of the incomparable Mrs. Glickman, well, it allowed some light into a very dark space. I have to say, as usual, Rana's intuition was astounding. Oh. I do seem to have a very puritanical shame attached to my relationship with sex and my sexuality, and I suppose I was really writing in uh, writing in to be either shamed or absolved. I, fen- I find men only seem interested in me physically, so I often find I have to bait and switch, the bait being my sex, the switch being relationships, to get men to seek more, hence my exchanges with the outdoorsmen. That's what we're calling him. Yeah. Now for the real shocker. That's what Rana would call him, actually. I have to say, you know, <laughs> when you're young, you want people to love you for who you are. 
When you're old, you wish people just loved you for your body. So true. And That's would, the bait and switch. I would trade places. I wish that was my complaint. All anyone ever wants to do is have sex with me all the time. And no one wants to hear any of my opinions on anything. I'd rather beat them off with a stick and then find one person that wants to listen to me. That can listen every now and then. Yeah. Now for the real shocker. <laughs> I always expect Rana to have an almost psychic ability to read people. But imagine my surprise when Brian, too, had a clairvoyant moment. <laughs> After the outdoorsman shared the impromptu picture of his nudist partner, I did some sleuthing. Though we had no photos of his partner anywhere on his Instagram, the same person commented hearts and love yous on all his pictures. When I checked the profile of the heart sender, I came across what can only be described as some kind of relationship shrine to the nudist and the outdoorsman. The twist. The nudist posted a cake with a giant 10 decoration with the caption describing his long-committed relationship with the outdoorsman. Brian mentioned that perhaps the roommate was a ruse to disguise a partner, and it seems he was right. Yes. I think Brian has a career in the mystic arts. We'll have to run that by Zach Monday. Seems like the outdoorsman has a few more reasons for exploring our local alleyways than he let on. Lastly, I want to clarify the confusion surrounding my gas tank Tarzan metaphors. We're both verse. Remember, he said, filler, he's going to fill me up with his gas tank. Yes. Yes. And swing from my vine or something. Yeah. Sometimes I did the filling. Sometimes he did the filling. Long and short, we both got more than our fill. Also, who says Jane can't fill up Tarzan every once in a while? Hello. You tour everything. Lots of love from Canada. Eve. Well, Jane Jane filling up Tarzan takes a little planning. I mean, yeah, she would have to, like, save her juices and pour them in or something. No, she'd have to buy a device. Yes, that would release (laughs) something. No, she would would just have to release a dildo into him, Brian. Oh, like a peg peg situation. (laughs) You're right. You're right. She'd have to save up her juices. Oh, <laughs> this show is disgusting. It really is. It's your fault, Ron. It's a, a disgusting show. It's your fault, Ron. And Rana. I'm appalled by it. That's what I want to say. But I well, love I'll, that follow-up. It's a pretty good one. Then we got another follow-up on the best friend that stood up the other friend in Vermont. Mm-hmm. We've Which episode was this on again? I, I, on I barely remembered it. Well, you probably aren't familiar with it because it was Jessica St. Clair. So it was really probably one of our most mm-hmm. top-rated episodes mm-hmm. of the year. Okay. Um, Got it. And, I mean, people were wild for this I episode. mean, clearly they're still following up about it. <sighs> this is our second follow-up. We received one follow-up where someone said we didn't respect the they. Oh, right. I remember the, this. The letter was written in a confusing So people are still fashion. talking about that episode? Well, this is an update from the actual person who wrote the letter. Okay. So the, remember the friend went MIA, basically. They made a yes. whole plan to have a pandemic break in Vermont. The friend never showed up. Yep. Then this, this person followed up with the sister who had just had a baby, and they said that the person was there, but they weren't going to pass the message on. Should they talk to their mother? It was a whole thing. Right. Runaway bride. And I wondered if there was a... Maybe a drug abuse scenario going on here. Something. It was something. A Kim Richards. A Kim Richards. Yeah. 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 Oh, oh, God help I her. mean, back in the day. Oh, it's been so, you know, addled is the word to describe Kim Richards. By the way, I cannot wait for Kathy Hilton on this. She has absolutely no idea what's going on. 
Oh, I can't. Well, you she's know, in she's, this trailer. She's very close with Christiana too. Right. Oh my God. Uh, okay. I'm going to read this quickly. Cause then Please. we have a guest arriving any minute. Dear Rana and Jessica St. Clair, and maybe Brian, if he's there. I, uh, how dare you? Well, you hit, is that three in a row? Are we at three in a row? Yes, we are, Ron. I think I've beat that now. Yeah. Well, two of the, one of them was a rerun show. One of them was a compilation, but I guess I can't you believe I came third there. on that list. First and foremost, I want to thank you for your honest advice. Myself and others from the party of four discussed, and we were able to take a deep breath and acknowledge that our best friend of 15 years had done something to us. Even by doing nothing, that means something especially when a friendship has been through so much. Although I initially said I felt void when we got the alert that they had left the chat, a void, dear. Mm -hmm. Your advice and views on the situation allowed me personally to acknowledge that I was ultimately holding space for them in my mind, which I did every day for nine months when the reciprocity, reciprocity couldn't be confirmed. Uh, so fancy. A few Tuesdays ago, I got an alert that a new episode of Ask Rana was available. I read the description and immediately knew that you had generously chosen to read my letter, hmm. on top of which was duoed, okay, with the incomparable Jessica St. Clair, spelled, oh spelled incorrectly. You, with an e how did the they end. spell? Oh, I see. Funny enough, funnily enough, I was up in Wellesley, Massachusetts, working with a member of the party of four on a project. The energy of the carriage house was in the cosmos and the Commonwealth. Wow. Along with the aforementioned emotions noted in the beginning of this letter, I felt a hurried need to alert the party of four and all those who knew about the situation. I was, I was, it was in a sense a grassroot ruse, not only for my own personal well-being, but a high praise personal advertisement for the podcast. Thank you. We appreciate the word of mouth, Mac. Of course, of course. Hosted by Rana Glickman and Brian Safi. That's right. Friends and family listened in, gave comments, and gave comfort. Then, just twenty-four hours after the podcast posted, I was as I was shopping in Wegmans when my best oh. friend of 15 years sent me an email. The first communication in what was now 10 months. Stunned and shocked, next to the cheese counter. After I caught my breath and, blur and my blurred vision subsided, I got myself home, poured a g and gin martini, and opened the letter. Mm. Their message was immediately apologetic, but ultimately detailed a personal mental health journey that brought them to send the email. Mm. In acknowledging their actions caused me hurt, I knew they were sincere, and I won't delve any deeper regarding their mental health they shared with me. I cried. Mm. A true heartbreaking sob. The whiplash from acceptance and walking away to this heartfelt letter again had me spinning. My friend, my God, I'm at mm -hmm. the level of trauma. This is a big one. My friends wisely encouraged me to sleep on it and gather my thoughts for response, which I did. Luckily, I had Jessica's words of wisdom and started with affection, asked for my needs to be met, and ended with affection. Mm -hmm. This has since led to broader communication with the party of five again, where we all have been open and honest about all of our mental health journeys. Given this past year of pandemic, we all have had to revisit some old demons. 
Luckily for us, we have made it through to the other side. We will pick it up like it used to. Will we pick it up like it used to be? No, because the world will never be what it used to be. I think it's going to be what it used to be after about two weeks. I do too. And I'm so afraid of it. But yes, I think you're right. (laughs) I think we're going right back to I think we are too. I'm just letting you know. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, though I have gratitude for the new honesty this experience has brought to our continually evolving friendship. Looking forward to a red carpet experience during the pre-Oscar special to continue my praise for your help. Post now, dear. Kiss, kiss. Finders, keepers. Wow. Well, well that's we Listen, talk about twists and turns and baits yeah. and switches and everything else. It is satisfying to get a red Gargiles and psychics, the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, okay. Listen, our guest is here, so we have to go, but we want to remind people, which we forgot, we stopped doing to rate, subscribe and review to the podcast. Yes. This podcast, absolutely. It it really makes a big, big difference. And it's free for you to do if you love this show. And even Mm -hmm. if you don't love this show, it's still free for you to do. Even if you like it enough. Even if you like it enough. And just remember, it's Ask Rana with Rana and Brian. We're the two hosts of the show. And so just make, you don't look for another name. It's Rana and Brian. You know, you're absolutely right. People have to stop giving you a hard time about that. When Brian is here, he is absolutely one of the co-hosts of the show. Well, and even when I'm not here, Rana. I suppose that's true. You're still on the marquee. You're still on the marquee. That's right. So don't look for another. It's Ask Rana with Rana Until they burn down your dressing room. Yes, I'll burn it down first. How about that? (laughs) All right. Should we welcome our fabulous guests? Yes, let's do it. Attention, Carriage House members, Rana here to tell you all about Anchor.fm. Anchor is the fabulous app that we use to create our podcast. And let me tell you something. You can use it to create a podcast of your own. It's totally free. They have these terrific creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, if you're that sort of person. I have a staff, excuse me. And now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes, which is pretty fabulous. The possibilities are totally endless. So download the free Anchor app now or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Kiss, kiss. Now, wait a minute. Oh, my God, Rana. I can't handle this. Yeah. Okay. Here we, we go. Haven't had a, we haven't had a gorgeous blonde on this show in a while. I just want to say that. You know what, Rana? I'm not going to talk about her looks. Well, okay? I, I, I'm going to talk about that she's I, a- I suppose I shouldn't. Hilarious but. comedian. She's a writer. She's an actress. She does all the things. That's what I'm going to talk about, Rana. And she's a podcaster, excuse me. Of just course like, she's a Just podcaster. like someone else I know. You? You, dear, yeah. <laughs> and May, of course. All in the family. We are so delighted to welcome Greta Teitelman here today. Hello. Hi, Greta. Hi. I love the name Greta. Oh, thank you. Are you Swedish or Dutch or any of, of uh, the Scandi things? I, I guess no, Netherlands is Scandi. I am no. not. The... The myth of my name was that my mom was convinced I was going to be a boy, so she was planning on naming me Robert, and then I was not a boy, and she was at a loss of a name, and one of her very dear friends is named Greta, so I got named Greta. That's Does oh. she still like that friend? 
Well, yes, my mother is That's dead. Good. So my oh, mother is <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> my mother died loving that friend. So I'm assuming oh, she still loves the friend wherever she is. Fabulous. You don't you don't have a relationship with Greta anymore. I do. I do. Still. Oh, you do. The namesake. Yes. Your namesake. Yes. And I love her very much. She is a fabulous, fabulous woman. And where yes. is where are you from? Originally. I'm originally from Washington, D.C. So does she still live in the D.C. area? Does Greta live in the D.C. area? Greta never lived in the D.C. Oh. area. Was it Greta My, Skaki? It's No, but some people used to ask me if I was named after Greta Van Susteren. And I'm like, absolutely <laughs> not. Oh, absolutely should say, not. You should That's say a crazy yes. Question. Every time everyone asks, you should yeah. say yes. Yeah. No, I would, when I was little, I'd be like Greta Garbo, not Van Susteren. <laughs> That's right. Those are two um, distinctly different Gretas, and one is definitely better than the other. Yes, absolutely. We have a fabulous Greta, and then we have a kind of wretched Greta. So, yeah. you wretched know, is a good honest, word. It's yes. a great word. Where in yes. the DC area did you grow up? I lived in DC for I, like a year. I love I it. Grew up, I grew up in um, Georgetown. Oh. oh, right in D.C. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right in D.C., right in the heart of D.C. Did you ever and see Teresa Hines Carey? I did, and my family actually was friends with Teresa Hines Carey. St- now, wait a minute. She you, is. Did, did you ever ask her the difference between 57 sauce and ketchup? <laughs> or no, cocktail but I sauce did, and ketchup? But I do. I do have a vivid memory of swimming in their pool. I think it was in Martha's Vineyard. I do have yeah. a vivid memory of swimming in their pool. And I don't know what is – sorry, I did not mean – I thought I put my phone on airplane mode, and I did not. I, I didn't even hear it. We I was too focused it. on the fact that you know well, Teresa Hines Carey and you saw her on Martha's Vineyard, which, by the way, Rana well, has a house on Martha's Vineyard. Yes. Yeah, I um, I yeah. My family was friends with Teresa Hines Carey – with the Hineses. I think they're um, Nantucket people, though. I think that they could be. We were a Nantucket family, so that would make more sense that it yeah. was uh, on Nantucket. And I remember they had a really their pool was like almost like a black stone pool. It was like oh the sure a black pool. bottom pool. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, it was very sort of a slate bottom pool. Yeah, yeah it was gorgeous. And I yeah. remember being very young and thinking it was the coolest thing I had ever seen. And what Did- about those sons? You weren't able to get your hands on one of them. You were probably too young. It's too young, yeah. and I'm married to a better person than any of those people could ever be. Is Did she ever say this it, to you? What? My name is Teresa Hines Carey, and I can say it in eight different languages. <laughs> no, sadly. Okay. I don't really remember, like, <laughs> I don't really remember much, but I do know that because both my she parents was so worked fabulous. in politics. Both my parents worked in politics. Wow. And my mom specifically worked heavy in Pennsylvania politics, which is where I was born. Okay. Um, and yeah, I don't know. We just had like a relationship with them. I, I don't know. Wow, you are you're you are truly completely fascinating. Did growing up in DC prepare you for growing up in LA since it's like a one industry town? Is that is there a similar vibe at all or not really? Well, you know DC is famously called Hollywood for ugly people. Right, that's right. And um yeah, I mean it's very different. I think that now as an adult living in a very single industry town, it does get kind of exhausting. Like, you know, I lived in New York for 10 years. I went to college there and then I lived there after. And like, 
it's so nice going out to a restaurant and like meeting a stranger and having them not remotely work in the orb that you work right. in. Yeah. Whereas Did you go to NYU? No, I went to Parsons. Oh, fabulous. But, uh, Rana's son went to um, NYU. NYU and he's Aston about- Ryan. I did. I did. But I'm yeah. older than Greta and Jordan. Yeah. Well, Bruce Jordan's love- a little younger than Greta. A little younger he's a little than bit Greta. Well, let's, we don't necessarily know oh, well, he's age, very young. So, he's very, you know. very- I mean, he's about, you know, he's- are you, maybe. Are you 22, Greta? I could be. Yeah. Yes. I can play. You can play. I think you can play. I think you could play 11. You could play 11. Yeah. You could, if they reboot, you could do Kirsten Dunst's part in Interview with the Vampire if they do yes. the movie. You could actually. do the movie again. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, I might know someone who's working on that project. I'll see if I can get you in for an audition. Dear. There you go. Now, wait a minute. So, we, what we do now is we do this show is an advice show. You're obviously doing just fine, or at least you're pretending you are, which is yeah. what, mo- you, what most people You don't people seem do. like you need too much advice. It seems like you've got it together. So what we do, the most desperate people in the world write into this show. They have nowhere else to turn. Mm-hmm. I don't. They can't afford counseling. They don't sure. like their therapists. Their right. families have turned their backs on them, whatever it is. They think Ron is their mother. Whatever. Grandmother, they, whatever, however. They old. think Brian's their straight crush, whatever <laughs> it is. <laughs> De- always that. And so they write in with these questions and we answer them. And do we answer them correctly? Who knows, Greta? All we do is give our answers. That's all we can do in this world is give our answers. If they like them, they probably agree with us. If they don't, they probably don't. And if they don't, then they should go ask the next person for their advice if that's the case. That's right. It's a very, I mean, before we get into these questions, you should know that we start from a very defensive place <laughs> and then we open up from there. I'm just letting Greg know, know right. there's no pressure. There's no pressure. So I will read the first question. Sure. If it's all right with everybody. Of course. Dear Ronna Bryant and wonderful guest, that's you, Greta. Yay. Excuse me. Thank you for all the laughs, sage advice, and excellent coffee. I could shower you with compliments forever, but I'm afraid I already have a long question. Now, but Greta, I don't know if you got, are you a coffee drinker? Huge coffee drinker. Too much coffee, one might say. I don't know if you got the coffee yet. I'm going to assume you have your own grinder. I can tell from your gorgeous apartment. I just, I have my own grinder. We sent you, we sent you some coffee. So if you haven't gotten it yet, you will get it soon. I cannot wait to get that hot, hot brown in my mouth. Gorgeous. Oh, well, wait for question number two with that oh, answer. Oh, I see. Got it. Uh, no, we just sometimes get very- um, Sometimes the questions are very sexy. Yeah, they're very Ooh. sexy. Well, mm-hmm. yes, depending or just, on- Or uh, another version of that is disgusting. Yes, depending, so. on you, depending on your notion of sexy. <laughs> That's right. I will try to keep this brief, but I'm sure I won't. Now, I also want to say, Brian, we do have to start thinking about instituting a word count. We the People write in with true, like- treatises like really this is their homer moment they, they want to give it to us only good. gotten worse in the pandemic that's true but people i need an encourage the people are writing letters again i guess yeah me too a couple pieces of background information like many other women i have been sexually assaulted okay well little warning there for anyone that this this question may not be for them but if you want to keep listening please do Uh, sparing details, this assault occurred while I was drunk. 
I've since been to therapy and worked through much of the guilt, but like any other, uh, but like any trauma, I am learning there are triggers that will take me back to that place. Like Rana, I am an excellent third wheel. We were talking about this on a previous episode, how I very much enjoy being a third wheel. I'll go to dinner with two best friends. What do I care if they're married or they're not married? But some people have a lot of difficulty in in this situation. They don't like it when there aren't other partners there. Sure. I really pride myself on being able to relate to my friends and their significant others. It has been common for me to develop friendships with my friends' significant others. Okay. The particular friends I want to talk about here are a husband and wife. The wife is one of my best friends, and over the years, I have developed a friendly relationship with her husband. Cut to the situation. After a long day of drinking in celebration of spring, i.e. we were not very sober, the husband and I were watching movies after the wife went to bed. This is not uncommon for my visits. At some point in the evening, the husband began rubbing the top of my arm. I remember thinking that the touch was very close to my breast, although that threshold was never crossed. I immediately began to panic. I was so uncomfortable, but sometimes I react to stress like a possum and did nothing in response, hoping that this touch was it. However, this touch happened again, but then resulted in him holding my hand. I remember distinctly noticing that our arms, that our fingers were intertwined, which I registered as a greater level of intimacy than other forms of handholding. Although I guess none of it was welcome from me either way. I began thinking of nonchalant ways to move my hand. Specifically, I remember planning on grabbing my water bottle that was close by as a way of moving my hand out of his grip. Mm. Before I made that move, though, he let go. At this point, I was desperate to go to bed, but thought that leaving partway through the movie would draw too much attention to the situation. So I sat through the rest of the movie. At the end of the movie, I went to bed. He asked for a hug. Oh, gross. And I agreed. Perhaps to not escalate the situation. I didn't know how to say no. Question. Oh, I didn't know how to say no. Question mark, question mark. Regardless, I have a one. Uh, I ha- gave him a one-arm hug and pulled a classic move of keeping my head down to avoid any unwanted advances. I remember him kissing me on the cheek. I then left, went to bed, and locked the guest bedroom door just in case. As I was falling asleep, I received a text from him uh, saying that he was no longer tired. Ugh. I registered it at the time as an invitation for sexual activity. But in hindsight, I questioned that assessment. Needless to say, I stayed in my room and ignored the text message. The next morning, I remained uncomfortable, but he did not seem like anything was wrong. I wonder if he was too drunk to really remember. Perhaps he didn't think anything of it. I know I have peppered a few questions throughout already, but here is the crux of my concerns. Was the situation actually that big of a deal? I recognize that my feeling about the situation may be disproportional to the facts of the situation based on my sexual assault history. Are encounters like that normal? Do I have any responsibility to address the situation further with either the husband or the wife? In all honesty, I feel sick just thinking about it, so I don't know that I would be able to address the situation more directly. But as a friend, do I have any responsibility to share what happened? What should I do, if anything? Wow. Please do not use my name. 
Greta? Any, this was any sort of thoughts? a heavy one to start with, Greta. And I was all joke, joke, joke before this. So I apologize to the letter writer, but we'll get into it. I, this is a really, really hard situation. Yeah. Because up top, everything he did was wrong. So right. you shouldn't feel like yes. gaslit kind of by him or to yourself by being like, was he drunk? Does he not remember? He's acting normal, like whatever. No, his behavior it, at this point, it wasn't just like a one-off. It was, this has been multiple occasions. Yeah. So his behavior is wrong, mm-hmm. period. Um these situations get very complicated when you're dealing with, a fr- I, I assume the wife is really her closer friend here. Yeah. That's what it read like, I think, too. It yeah. read like that. And they're, they're, you're dealing with a marriage, obviously. We're not, you know, talking about yeah. two uh, 15-year-olds that have been dating for three weeks. We're talking about, like, a grown situation. Yeah. Um. It's tough. It's tough. I mean, I, I I think that she probably won't feel comfortable continuing to hang out with them. And that will probably raise some questions from her friend. Like, hey, why are you not coming to hang out with us? Um, I don't I, I, I it's a really hard situation. I don't think I ha- I don't I don't know what I would do. I think that for me, I am a relatively I'm not a confrontational person, but I'm not confrontation averse, if that makes sense. Yeah. And you're I not think, looking for a problem. No. And yeah. I think that if I were in her position, I would probably say to him first, listen, whatever you think you're doing needs to stop. I, period, it's making me uncomfortable. I feel very weird about whatever you think is going on and it has to end. And, like, I really don't want to feel the urge to take, like, to talk to your wife, essentially. I mean, that sounds kind of threatening. I think you need to think of a better way of saying it, but it's like. Yeah, it's a really, it's a, it's. And be prepared for him uh, to say, I don't know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm, But but remember, no matter what he says, you know exactly what you're talking about. And you don't have to, and he knows too. And you didn't misconstrue yeah. a thing. Don't no. I mean you don't Mm-mm. need to, you have no business giving him an inch no. with this and um and no one and by the accidentally way, intertwining fingers. Who exactly. in your, who in and your by life the way, holds your hand besides a child? And don't judge yourself for playing possum in that situation. It's unexpected. You you certainly don't expect this from your very close friend's husband. It's a total shock. He, he and by the way, I I think that when people do things like this, they know that really, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. A little bit. Otherwise, Absolutely. they wouldn't do it. I think a little part of them knows, like, what are you going to do from here? Like, it's what? A, it's a boundary I'm, I can get test. away with this part at yeah, least. Right. It's a boundary test. This is and how I, people groom people. I agree this with Greta. This is how people treat children. Mm-hmm. You know? I, think, I think it's the kind of thing where your, your options seem to be, you just stop hanging out with them um, because it makes you so uncomfortable. You could tell her, which probably will lead to you not hanging out with him also. Um, or you can say something to him, I think. But um, Or you can just, just see her at lunches and dinners without him being there, I guess. It just yeah. sucks because this is all on you, really, to, like, navigate how you're going to be the most comfortable. Yeah. Um, and it just – it's so horrible that – 
that people are put in these situations so often. It's really devastating. Rana? Yeah. I think I agree with everything you're both saying. And I think if anything, if there's anything good about this, which no one wants to find themselves in this situation at all, but if there's anything good about this, you need to examine where you are on the trajectory towards, I don't want to say recovery because I don't think that's fair. I mean, I don't, I don't want you to feel there's an end point to how you feel about whatever previous trauma that you've experienced in your life. But obviously you are aware of what happened. You're interested in doing the work and have been doing the work to try and get your life to a place where this is not crippling or is not interfering with your life. And so there are going to be these moments where these, where things happen or maybe there aren't, maybe you'll be lucky and there, and there won't be. But in this case, there is one where you're confronted again with how you feel about what happened in the past and how, how you harness your personal power, for lack of a better description, in these moments. Because what happens is it's sort of an opportunity to grow. Let's put it that way. If there's anything positive about this, it's that... It's forcing you to confront, again, how you want to be in these situations, So, which is in, incredibly difficult work. And, and I put none of this on you. I'm just saying that if this were to happen again, or if, he, if it, would, you, it allows you to take some agency and control over your own reaction. Nothing has happened beyond what happened here. This guy has pushed you to a limit and you get to decide how you want to deal with it. And that's a good feeling, I think. Instead of shrinking away from it, it's an opportunity to say, and that that doesn't mean, I'm not saying let's make him wear a sandwich board or a scarlet A or this is your big moment. I'm saying this is your chance to say, I don't want to be silenced in these moments or I, how do I want to be in these moments? Getting up when you're watching the movie, And you said, I didn't know what to do, so I just watched the rest of the movie. Maybe if we can get you to a place where you can acknowledge that none of this is your responsibility. You have no, you bear no guilt for any of this. It is such a funny thing though, isn't it? I mean, I mean. Of course that's how you felt. But what if the next time God Your brain goes to, I don't want to make this awkward when really he's the one who did. Yes. And this is what's wrong with. Society, of course, mm. is that women and not just women, people are made to feel this way, which is to make yourself small in a moment where something uncomfortable happens. And even if you just gotten up from the movie and said, good night, he probably would have gotten that message. But this guy's a creep. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so he was going to keep creeping Gross. until you set the boundary. Can I have a hug? If you have to Disgusting. ask, no. Disgusting. That is so Don't touch disgusting. me. Yeah. Dis- I, ha- I, I hate this guy. Me too. Awesome. I hate like you him. You should just kick these people to the curb anyway. Yeah. This friendship is going to, you can't really, this friendship is going to explode either yeah. way. Yeah. So you can either say something to her or not say something. But if you say something, I feel you're inviting, I don't feel like you're in a steady enough place with your own feelings of, uh, responsibility and guilt. You are putting yourself through too much self-loathing and 
responsibility for any of this. This is an external issue. That mm-hmm. ha- This is no different than getting hit by a car. This isn't your fault. This is just something that happened. And so if there's any great, the sort of secondary tragedy of trauma is that people that suffer trauma carry it with them and feel responsible for it instead of being able to just move on from it. And that is a, a total flaw of human design. It's how we all are. Something bad happens and we wonder if we have any emotions whatsoever, we wonder what was our responsibility in it. And the answer is you have none here, mm-hmm. except that these people shouldn't be your friends anymore. And don't go back for a third movie night. There is no, there are no more movie nights. What and an there's no more drinking shit. with these people. And there's no more. Yourself. Yes. Mm-hmm. That is the right. most important thing. Is that you take care, and that's why I worry if she confronts the friend, it's going to lead to this other trauma of the friendship erupting. Not that she shouldn't be honest, but I don't know that she's equipped to handle all of the nastiness. There's a lot of fallout that that. will come after, and then it's like fallout in a broader friend group, and there's just too many things on the line. I think you got to protect yourself and just take space and just be like, you know what, not coming to your house, not doing this and that. Like you were saying, I'll meet the wife for drinks or dinner or whatever. Just pull back. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Because because even if you play this out, I just, he will, of course, deny this. Because you can't just hold hands. We were just holding hands like friends. No, that's inappropriate no matter what. You know, he can't spin the holding hands to his wife. He really can't. And it will make you feel like you're 14 years old. Yeah. He will say, what do you mean? It, it will be bad. And you will feel dis- you will feel like you were 14 and you were confused that a boy looked at you the wrong way. Or so, and the fact you know, that he, he didn't acknowledge awful. it the next day means that he is the hugest piece of shit alive. Because at that point, that's basically grooming. Yeah, he's compartmentalizing. Yeah. And of course he wasn't. How was he going to acknowledge it? By acting strange? He did a terrible thing. He's a guy that can do that and then- his wife is a, is there. He's not going to, you know. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Yeah. Creep. This is creep city. Yeah. And I also think this is the bad. My guess would be this person is in their late 20s or early 30s. And this is the bad news about friendships at that time. We've Rana, talked- just so you know, Greta, hates 29-year-old men. She thinks that mm. they are the, at the worst stages of their lives. Stage yeah. of their lives. Kind of are. Yeah. I, I would kind of agree. <laughs> like they're all kind of bad. Yeah. I mean, there's there's no winning. They, yeah. They think they are so mature. Yeah. And they're also just annoying. And yeah. they also have come to a point where they like make their own money. Mm-hmm. So it's like they but feel n- but not quite enough yet. Not quite enough, yeah. but they still feel powerful. Yeah. So yeah. they're like powerful and insecure. Yeah. Which is the yeah. worst combination. Yeah. They're, they're babies that are making their own allowances now. So they think yeah. they're, they're grownups. But <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But my point is just that there are going to be friendships you're going to lose in this world. And sometimes it's as simple as somebody marries somebody you can't stand. And sometimes it's something else. This isn't going to last with this woman. And maybe she'll get divorced and you'll be friends again. But you don't have to be part of that process. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's good. I hope I didn't say anything too upsetting to people in that, in that, but I just think it's so hard because 
if there's one of those things you wish you could expunge, it's that people that have done nothing wrong feel responsibility for something because mm-hmm. it's such wasted energy on of self-loathing and of holding yourself back. And you have done absolutely nothing here except, you know, nothing. You just have to protect yourself. Yeah. All right, dear. All right, here we go. Question number two. Dear Rana, Brian, and distinguished guest, Greta Teitelman, <laughs> ever since discovering your fabulous podcast, Tuesday is now officially my favorite day of the week. Ah. I got out of, very nice, I got out of a life-changing relationship in July. This was the man I thought I would marry and spend the rest of my life with. And we took steps that I had not taken with any other partner in my life, meeting each other's families and going beyond the boundaries of my previous relationships, only to find that I was, in the end, not what he was looking for. I mourned the relationship for months, Mm. lying on the couch, eating chimichangas, watching Murder, She Wrote. It became my norm. I finally terrific. That sounds kind of nice. Sounds really nice. (laughs) (laughs) That's self-love. Yes. I finally found someone who gives me the butterflies and giggles that I have longed for after so many months. Here's the problem. After weeks of wonderful times and fantastic flirts, the conversation finally turned sexual weeks. Wow. Okay. We are both tops. And I feel that after finding that out, he's become more reserved. Mm -hmm. I tried to take it slow and be more respectful to myself and to him and avoided the sexy talk until this particular night. I am willing to try new things, put that in quotes, but that has, has to come with patience and understanding on his part. His response again was vague. However, he did not count it out. My question is, is someone not willing to compromise worth my time? And on another note, shouldn't he be, he be willing to compromise as well? Thank you for the advice. Kiss, kiss, Charlie. I'm stuck at, it's been weeks Swipe right, of flirting. Swipe left. Where's the one when you throw the person out? Which way is right? Which way left. is left? Yeah. Swipe left. Yeah. I mean, listen, I, I think sex is obviously, we all agree, it's a crucial part of a relationship. Some people I do think are in the spectrum of homosexuality, I do think that, you know, obviously many people are verse, many people lean bottom, lean top. Some people are only tops and only mm-hmm. bottoms. That is just their jam. They they can't, they have, they, they don't have any pleasure even thinking about anything else, really. Yeah. They just, you know, and maybe they've tried it and didn't enjoy it. Who knows? But he's one of those people. If you're not sexually compatible, that's not nothing. Yeah, he yeah. doesn't have to compromise on this. No. What do you what do you think, Greta? I think that compromise is a huge part of relationship compatibility. I think that, um, I guess part of compromise is also compromising that your partner might not compromise. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does yes, actually. It does. Yeah. yeah. Like I think that, um, except part of it, part of it is accepting that everything isn't a compromise. Correct. That you and have I, to meet people on their terms sometimes. Yes. Yes. And of course we all wish that we could always meet people in the middle, but there's a give and take. And oh, I there's think your handsome that, husband in the background. There he is. Where's he going? <laughs> Leaving. He's going for a little, likes to walk his little ass around the neighborhood. What do we need Good to friend. know about him? He looked like he was a Heinz. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he, he's better than, I told you. Yes. Um, he's the 58th flavor. Um, yeah, there you go. Uh, or was it 58 or 47? 58. No, you were right. 57. 57. 57. Right. 57. So, yeah. Ingredients yeah. of flavors. Oh, ingredients. Yeah, Anyway, so I just, I think that the most important thing is that this 
is that our the person that wrote us in, Charlie, feels comfortable in having a conversation about his feelings. And I think that you can learn a lot from these conversations. I think if he says, hey, here's what I'm willing to do. What are you willing to do? Blah, blah, blah. Once you see how you work out kind of like the first hurdle in this newly blossoming relationship, to me, that's more important than whether or not someone's going to decide to bottom. So true. It's, it's, that's, I think dead on in that, like, if you can get over a big speed hump like that, do you know what I mean? And how you work through that, that's actually indicative and how you are communicating in that and how you are receiving and giving in that, um, not sexually, that is a huge hurdle to overcome. And so either this works or, you know, it doesn't, doesn't. and it answers a lot of questions. What's wonderful is that from the experience of your previous relationship, you have learned, this is what, what do we learn from the detritus of broken relationships? We learn what we want and what we don't want. Mm-hmm. If we're, if we're evolving. Sure. And so, and we learn to see certain patterns in people and certain behaviors where if somebody shows you that they're selfish, that's a tough thing to fix. And so you have to pay attention to these things. This guy is not necessarily selfish, but he's not necessarily on your wavelength either. And so what, what's terrific is you're saying I've asked for what I want and he's not responding to me in kind. Does this, do do people have to, which led to your question, do people have to compromise? You know, should he be willing to compromise? And the answer is no. If he's not there and this is a deal breaker for him, that's him going through the world saying, thank you very much. Another- what's wonderful is that you're asking those questions and you're asking for them. And mm-hmm. then you have the information and you can make the decision. If you get into a relationship now with someone who has shown you that they are not in the same place as you in, on, on the level that you need. And you're also asking him specific questions and you're getting vague answers back. Yeah. That seems really selfish and really unfair. And maybe he just doesn't know how to communicate yet. But I mean, that's just to me, it's bad on top of bad. Mm-hmm. Have they have they actually had a sexual encounter yet? I don't know. Or just over sex. Maybe talk. he's I mean, I don't know. That's so crazy. listen, everyone have does they ever their own met thing. in person? I don't cra- think they've I don't think they've had an in-person encounter. Well, then that's what one of the problems And I is think too. a guy on an app is allowed to be vague, though. I have to say I don't understand why people aren't just honest on these apps. I mean Ch- and I do think that, and listen, I'm talking from a man's perspective, maybe women feel differently, but I do think that it is not a good thing when you talk that much on an app. I think at that point, you yeah. are able to find what you don't like about somebody pretty easily mm. in a way that in person, you don't know the vibe. I don't know. I think like well, a it few, sounds a like few there's chats a lot before a date like is one about thing. This guy. But they've been talking mm-hmm. for several weeks and they've hit it off, et cetera. But what they've now hit is a roadblock, which is mm-hmm. that they're not sexually compatible. They're just not. This guy's open to experimentation. The guy who's writing the letter. And the other guy really isn't. He likes what he likes. So yeah. if you want to deal with that for the rest of your life, that's up to you. I just always think, though, going back to like what's nice about this situation is you've Sometimes I think when people break up with long-term partners or go through a divorce or whatever it may be, you're stuck being like, oh my God, I am never going to find anyone ever again. And that is it. 
But this is just proof. You're like, wow, I connected what you were saying earlier. I connected with this amazing person. This is like the positives that I'm taking out of this. We're not compatible sexually. Now it's time to move on. But I like that I can talk about pasta with this person or whatever (laughs) you want to talk about (laughs) moving forward. I want to be able to have those kinds of conversations with the next person. What a great toe dip into the world of dating again. And also what a great reminder that you don't need to go all the way down the road with somebody who is ultimate, who has told you in the beginning that there are things that we're not going to be compatible on. And if there's one other little thing I'd point out in this letter, it's where you say only to the find that in the, that I was in the end, not what he was looking for. And I would just say, I assume this person is in therapy, et cetera, et cetera. Maybe they, maybe you are Charlie, maybe you're not. But that is something you need to put a little underline under because it wasn't just that you weren't what they were looking for. There were problems in the relationship on both sides. And you don't, it's never simply just a poor me routine. It is, there's always something on both sides, either flags that you were ignoring or it doesn't mean, look. Of course, this relationships end sometimes. And well, and by say, the way, and in the end, he wasn't what Charlie was looking for. Yeah. Exactly. That's mm-hmm. what I'm saying is shift that perspective. In yeah. the end, he was not what you were looking for either. So you just have to take a little bit of that on. And that's great. That's fine. At least it didn't go on forever and ever. And But breakups are the worst. And it sounds like you know just how to deal with them. True. We have one okay. more question, Greta. Yeah. Are, are you ready for it? Oh my God, I can't wait. (laughs) Dear Ronna Bryan, an honored guest of the Carriage House. There we go. I love the show and I hope you can help me figure out what to do about the awkward and slightly annoying situation fate has dealt me. But a year and a half ago, my husband and I moved into a wonderful rental home in the city and neighborhood we've been living in. We moved in the fall of 2019. Just before we moved in, our landlord put us in touch via text with the tenants who were moving out. They are seemingly nice, normal couple, about five years older than us. They had bought a house nearby with central air conditioning and asked if we'd like to buy their window unit AC. We did, and they left it in the house for us. A great situation for everyone. When we moved in, they left us a typed letter with some information about the neighborhood, the city, and our neighbors, which was a bit much and a little condescending because we only moved from four blocks away, but... Whatever. In the letter, the tenant let us know she ran a small business out of the house and to please hold on to any mail we might get for her business while she changes her address. No problem. We kept an eye out for her mail. And after a month, she texted me to pick it up. The problem is the mail didn't stop after a month or so. And it wasn't just letters. I understand that being a renter means getting mail for previous tenants from time to time. I have no problem with the odd junk mail or holiday card that shows up, but in the months that followed us moving in, we got packages of all shapes and sizes for these people sent to our house. We got books, clothing deliveries, a pair of prescription glasses, and too many Amazon packages to count. The first time it happened, I got a text saying they were sorry. They must have just put their old address in the shipping field by mistake. They picked up this stuff and I was friendly because these things happen sometimes. Then it happened again and again and again. 
I'd text in the middle. Of, I'd get texts in the middle of a Saturday afternoon asking if they could just swing by sometime today to grab their things. I started texting back and we were not around, that we were not around and I'd leave their stuff between the storm door and the front door. Once COVID hit, we didn't hear from them for a while and I thought things had finally ended. We got a few pieces of junk mail for them, but no packages. I lost their contact info and didn't care to try and find it again. Then, in the late summer, early fall, more packages started coming. Now they started coming to collect their packages without any notice, showing up at any time they liked and banging on our door until we answered. This happened two or three oh times. And the Greta's most- face. I'm with you, Greta. <laughs> that is outrageous. What a journey. And the most recent time, they apologized profusely and said they were so, so sorry for the inconvenience, et cetera, et cetera. We'd lived there for a year at this point. But Rana, Brian, as I was listening to the Patreon episode today, enjoying my lunch hour on a gorgeous Friday afternoon, another package came for them. This is crazy. I took a picture and sent it to my husband with the caption, what is wrong with these people? Truly, I don't know. What are we supposed to do about these weird former tenants who don't know how to update their shipping addresses? We were kind and accommodating for a while, but this behavior seems entitled and rude. We aren't friends. I know this is pretty low stakes and very silly, but they're being ridiculous, right? Uh, Or are my husband and I the ones being ridiculous? Should we be more neighborly and continue to take in packages for strangers 18 months after they moved out of the house we rent? Or do we put things on the sidewalk with a sign saying free and let the chips fall where they may? Sorry for the length. You two brighten my week with podcast, the podcast. And even if you don't answer my question, I hope it makes you laugh. All the best, M. Greta, hit it. Let's open those packages. Let's <laughs> oh, let's let's break the law. Let's open these packages. Storage I want to know wars. what they're getting. Yep. Let's yeah. Let's see what's going on. You know. I was raised in a etiquette home where like my parents were like manners, manners, manners. So to think about 18 months of moving into like, it's courteous to do a month, three months, whatever. Mail forwarding is a thing. Mm -hmm. Like outside of just knowing to put your correct E or your correct address in the shipping field, it's like. Did they never? I don't know. This is so crazy. This is so weird. I, I and obviously, I, probably what's happening if it's from Amazon is like their their um address is in there as like a default. Just fucking take right, it off. Just the default. fix it. Delete I, it. Delete it. These people are not UPS. Like the UPS store. I understand. This is driving driving Brian out of I his just mind. Can't, I'm I so understand. stressed. It's it's crazy. you are right now. Like it's crazy. <laughs> I don't know. It's like it. Uh, to go to the house unannounced, knocking on the door that to pick so up packages insane. that shouldn't be there? Fucked up. And, the, and they're tracking the ever. packages so they know when they're arriving. So they're but, savvy enough to click the tracking link and know when right. they're arriving. I want to know if these people really moved or if they're homeless. I don't understand what is going on, why this would still be happening. What the hell can they do? I think like, you have I to guess send have to a very stern message and say, yes, from now on, we are sending everything. First, we are either sending things back or we're throwing them out. You yeah. have to go, you have to go down to the post office. You can do it online. 
You can go to the post office and I will, we will give you three weeks to sort this out. Mm-hmm. You have to go on the post office and make sure that your forwarding address is changed. And you have to go on all your accounts and double check when you're having something sent to you. Delete your old address from all of these account, you know, send Amazon, whatever it is. We no longer want to deal with your packages. You moved out 18 months ago. So we are either going to put return to sender and give them back to the post office, or we are going to start throwing things out that come to our home. Yeah, I, you know, I get occasional junk mail still for the people who used to live in our house. We've lived here now for three years. So yeah. I understand. The little getting, pieces of mail, of course. Yeah, yeah, little things, it's fine. And what you were saying, holiday cards, some family friends of theirs will, you know, a very similar thing. They live four blocks away from us now. And, you know, we'll sometimes get, holiday is the only time where anything will accidentally come to us. And honestly, we're happy around that time of year to bring them whatever it is. That happens once a year. Right. Once a year. Yeah. And Amazon packages coming to their porch. Never in my life has there ever been an Amazon package that has come here. It's always, if it's ever been a package for the old people that lived here, it's always been a friend or a random business that like had their old mailing address and just never updated. I think the next time a package comes, you take a picture and you write a text and you say, dear so-and-so, this has now gone on too long. We were happy to help you for the first 18 months that we have lived at this address. We do not want to deal with your mail. Either get a P.O. box or have things sent to your home. But we, you need to do this, this, and this, and you need to take care of it. And this is going to be the last text you get from us. You and can't we're be showing up to my house unannounced. And you so absolutely crazy. cannot just show up at our house unannounced. No. Yeah. That is wild. We will give you until May 1st to figure this out. I hope that they don't have keys. No kidding. I hope they change the locks, these people. That's a good point. Yeah. Yep. Change your locks. Change your names. (laughs) Change your names. (laughs) Go into hiding. Change your names. Exactly. Join a cult. Get out of there. Walking around the neighborhood. (laughs) It's enough already. Yes. I would even send a text that said that. It's enough already. Yeah. We're done. And then start having all of your mail forwarded to their address. Yep. I mean, if you have their address and there's a card that comes or a thing or whatever, then you could just say, you can write forward to, I believe, on a a letter without, I think you can do that without having to take it to to the post office. But this is insanity. And it's trespassing for them to come to your house to pick up packages. No kidding. I mean, at a certain point, you might have to file a restraining order. You open up the Amazon package, you take out whatever little like kitchen appliance in there. You're exactly. like, I love my new juicer. Thank you so much for <laughs> yeah. the gorgeous gift. This must be a gift for us for the 18 yeah. months that we've been running a UPS yeah. store. It's for a you. wonderful yeah. addition to yeah. our home. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so Greta, now mm. we give a we uh sort of decide from these three people who wrote in. Who deserves a gift that that the podcast will send them? Just a little token to be like, yeah, you're seen, you're heard, we love you. So, do you think we should send something to the people receiving the Amazon packages, the person who uh, is t- t- 
tops tops v tops or uh the the woman who had to deal with that horrible horrible husband i'm going with our first our i'm first with you writer of the day the woman yes. that is dealing yeah. with the awkward awkward situation because i feel like no offense to Charlie, who I love and I'm happy that they wrote in. Charlie can also probably talk about the situation with some of his friends as well and kind of gauge some of their advice. Same thing with our Amazon friends. I think they can yep. probably um, kind of talk about their frustrations with their friend. I think that that woman is feeling very isolated, very alone, and very internalizing shame that she shouldn't be. And I yeah. really feel like she wrote you guys and wrote the show because it's kind of her only release of the situation. Yeah, it's really weighing on her. Yeah. What yeah. are we going to give her, Rana? It's a great question. I, I can't, I'm trying to think what would make her, we normally know exactly what we're going to give. I was going to give an egg cooker today, but that's not going to work for her. Okay. And we need to, we have these fabulous dash egg cookers, Greta. You've got to get they're one. The they're, they're about $10 and they make the perfect what, time what boil is egg. It? It's the dash egg cooker. It's the dash egg cooker. They're so cute. Not to mention I, they look good on a countertop. Yeah. It's the, the it makes the perfect egg, most perfect, easiest eggs you could ever imagine. Oh my god! And it's like fifteen twenty dollars. Yeah, we love that. Yep. But what can we give her that's going to make her feel? All I want for her is to feel emboldened and empowered and okay about exactly who she is and where she's at, and also severing this friendship. Well, why don't we give her like an Aesop something, like the hand soap or something? Yeah. Why don't oh, we give her an Aesop? An, I love that. An Aesop duo. Why don't we do that? Because the then duo. I like to give people that are having this kind of a moment anything that has a beautiful fragrance, because sure. I feel that it, it reminds you to take a good sniff, take a little, breathe in a little confidence and- Remember that you're just fine. And Rana, obviously, nice if idea. they have a two for one, I'll send take you the, the other one. Yeah. If yeah. I don't know if they're running a deal, <laughs> yeah. but if they are, yeah. I would they take never them. are. They okay. never are. Well, we don't know. Yeah. We don't know for sure. All right. We're going to well, send if you, you find this it on soap. Amazon. Yes, you exactly. could send it. Or if you, exactly. find, it, or if exactly. you find it on the doorstep of yeah. a, a last, you can get it for free if you just take her back. Just. Greta Teitelman is at Gertie Bird on Instagram. Yes. Oh, uh, so cute. Please listen to The Worst. Please yes. watch Los Spookies. Please do. Do all the things. She's hilarious and so funny. Are you funny, doing, funny. Is, there, is your podcast going on right now or are you on a hiatus or what's going on? What do you, where do you want people to engage with you? The, all of those things are wonderful places to engage with me on. I am currently um, shopping around a new podcast. Oh, excuse me. Oh, exciting. Excuse me. So hopefully I will have some news about that in the future. Obviously, my Instagram, you can follow me there. Yes, it's you're doing all kinds of crazy. fabulous stuff there, yeah. You know, I... I joke that my Instagram is like a streetwear brand. It's like two drops a month and <laughs> yeah. they're always very good. I love it. I'm not going to, I'm not going to clog your feed. Um, sure. I have, I have deep rooted Instagram fear that I work through constantly. I'm, I'm with you there. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, if you haven't watched uh, Losa Spookies, you absolutely should watch I assume Losa it's Spookies. all on HBO Max, right? It is on HBO yeah. Max. And we, you know, a second season will come. So excited. Put a little speed bump. Got rave that. reviews that first season. Yeah. 
it's a great show. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being with thank us you, today. Thank you, Greta. Thank you for having me. We adore you. And yeah. say hi to 58. Oh, I will. Please. I will say hi to him. Yes. yes. I'm jealous that you guys are in Massachusetts. I am craving that, that East, East Coast. Coast. Well, we're getting ready for summer. It's a beautiful yeah. spring here. Yeah. I will I'm going to have an East Coast summer, so I'm so excited about that. Oh, there Fab, go. are you going to be in Nantucket? I'm hopefully going to try and make it to Nantucket if all works out. All right. Well, you'll have to pop over to the vineyard to see us if that's the case. I would love. Or may. Brian may or may not be there. What do you mean? I'll be there if you're going to be there, Rana. There were weekends. Yeah. Yeah. But I'll be there the whole time. So. Yeah, I'll I'll come. Yeah. I'll I'll stay with Greta. I'm planning on taking a whole month off, just like the Europeans. Me too. Me too. You should. Whole month off. Me too. The vineyard the whole time. Yeah, me too. Yeah. It'll be great. All right, yeah. We adore you. <laughs> oh, she was fabulous. I hope she gives her, Teresa Hines your regards. I do too. Honestly, she was really impressive, Rana. I, I think she's so funny, and I enjoy following her. And obviously, she's very talented. But the Teresa Hines carry of it all really surprised me. I yeah, say. and we and we should have told her to tell John that we think his facelift is settling in nicely. You know what? We've talked about John's facelift, I think, before. <laughs> we yeah. Have. You we s- have. It, it's, we- it's good work. Joe Biden's got good work, too. Yeah. Joe, I feel like it's more Botox and strength. You're right. I, think I don't it's think maybe he has a full a- facelift because he doesn't have the hairline to get away with it. John has a nice full head of hair. Yeah. But, yeah. Oh, God. You know what? We haven't talked about him. We don't have to. By the way, John Kerry, I, I'm, I'm going to say this. I know someone who is an FSO. We've talked about this. FSO, friend foreign, of the sh- foreign foreign oh, oh, yes, of course, yes. Okay. Oh, I who know was, who we're talking about. Yeah. Who has worked with all the secretaries of state since Powell. Oh. Yeah. Who said the most difficult one. And I, I was like, give me your one word on each secretary. Okay. John Kerry was the most difficult. Brilliant, but, but the biggest sort of like, diva in that he would be like I want to stay one more night and just enjoy myself they were like do you have any idea what that entails for us to do for the Secretary of State to stay one more night it's $250,000 for you to stay in Vienna for one night it's not just extending a stay (laughs) yeah but he would pull that off yeah not just can you call the lobby and ask them if my room is available for for tonight or if I have to vacate it (laughs) it was like do you have any idea what we have to do for you to just have a hangout day yes a hangout day of course yeah Yeah. Mm. well he has an old war buddy he wants to see while he's over there sure sure sure. so there we are okay shall we do the cliffhanger yes Rana would you like to read it sure why not? I, I mean, I'm here, aren't I? You, well, so you say. <laughs> I know that you're, listen. I know Am I that, here, though? Am well, I you here? are, because I'll tell you this. <laughs> I'll say it again. We've been so exhausted from the live show yeah. that, yeah. you know, you're here, but I know that, I know that yeah. you're ready to, like, you know, Ugh. have a week. How I'm not on the Amalfi Coast right now. I mean, just as, you know, it's a little early, but I do love to be in Europe at springtime when all the, all the, Bulbs are starting to come out. And, oh, it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. Someone on Jeopardy um, one time, they, they was talking about like this uh, island um, that is also, but anyway, instead of whatever the clue was, instead of saying, what is uh, Capri or what is Capri? They said, what are Capris? Which I loved. <laughs> Capri pants. Yeah. Pedal pushes. Yep. Hello, Ron and Brian and gorgeous guest. Nope. I'd be remiss if I didn't stop. I think meaning nope, nobody's here with us. No, no, Greta. Greta has not left. Not that Greta isn't gorgeous. She, of course, she is. 
Cheers. I'd be remiss if I didn't start by thanking you for the hours of unadulterated entertainment, superb suggestions, and of course, outstanding advice doled out over the past year. Wow. I'd also like to quickly acknowledge Rana's crush on David Axelrod, because I too have a crush on David Axelrod. I also have a crush on Jake Tapper, and so consider myself a true Rana Brian blend. That is a good blend. Speaking of blends, I've now had both the carrot chest and shades of vanilla delivered. Excuse me. And have loved them both. Terrific. This person, this person likes a, a menage a trois with coffee, with yep. commentators. Yeah. Yep. They like it. Okay. Now to my question. I'm a 36-year-old gay man living in Brooklyn. I just started seeing someone in quarantine a few weeks ago. We met online and it started as a hookup thing, but the hangs have become a little more date-like. We've probably seen each other five or six times now. We're getting along great, and the sex is really good. There's just one problem. Uh-oh. He always shows up in the filthiest clothes. Mm. I'm talking it looks like he just came from a construction site dirty. Stains oh my, all dirty. over his T-shirts, and his pants look like he's been rolling down a dirt road for hours. He's a little bit younger than me, 30, so it could be some fashion choice, but it really doesn't feel like fashion, if I'm being honest. I'd obviously feel terrible if it were a money thing, but he works at a very fancy New York restaurant where he must make good money. He also seems to have himself together financially, often takes Ubers, etc. Okay. I mean, how much would a few clean t-shirts from the thrift store cost anyways? He always comes to my place. I live alone, so I haven't seen his living space and thus can't glean anything from that. Naturally, I've stalked him online, and the weirdest part is that in all his social media photos, there is no sign of these dirty clothes. He's not exactly wearing the fanciest garments, but everything looks clean, at least from what I can tell. Is he wearing filthy clothes just for me? My solution so far has been to get him out of his clothes as fast as possible via sexual advances and then keep him out of them by saying how much I love to hang around naked. But the truth is I don't. Yeah. Is there any possible thing I can do or say without totally offending him or killing the momentum? He smells fine, thank God. And I'm not even a neat freak, but it's really starting to turn me off. I like the guy a lot and want to see where this goes. And so any advice is so much appreciated. Kiss, kiss, David. P.S. OMG, I forgot to mention, we are both vaccinated. I have asthma and he's a service worker. XOXO. Congratulations. Well, well I mean, this well. is maybe one of the most specific questions. We've definitely, the answer might be similar to others. Who knows? But we've never gotten this question before. We have never received this question before. No. That's so for sure. Patreon.com slash askrana. Don't forget yeah. that- uh, the Monday, the the actual Oscars are April 25th. We will be on Patreon April 26th, the very Correct. next day, doing our recap, roundup, et cetera. Only and on I, Patreon. I also believe that that is going to push us into raw ramen territory. I think it will too. Raw ramen yeah. will be just around the corner. And then, of yeah. course, fabulous Cynthia Dupree Sweeney coming up. And we're reading Hollywood Wives over at the- uh, Yeah, this has the, become the homework podcast. Yeah, this month it is. It, well, but you know, it's the last it month of school, or it's, it's not the true. last month, but we're getting, we're getting to getting finals. There. We're in the That's home right. stretch, yeah. Correct. So we're gonna we'll take we'll take it easy on them next month. Perfect, because right. uh, they've had a lot a lot of homework, and we want to also remind people if they want to watch uh, Oscar prediction spe- special, it's up 
uh, I believe, for seven days. And so they can watch it. They can still watch it if they want to. The live in adv- show? In a live show in advance of the Oscars. So askronalive.com for that. Do you have any, do you have any extra um, chocolate Oscars or anything? I meant to, you know, I do have an extra Chaska here for you. Okay, I would take it. Yeah. yeah. I, me- I actually meant to have it on my desk for you today. Because I want to but- do like um, a little video for the Lobsterman with it. Hmm. Yeah. Like a voodoo doll? No, 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 no. Like, like, see if you can see the shape of it in my throat. Oh. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Well, I hope you don't get an anvil stuck down there while you're at it. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> or a watermelon. Can you imagine? Uh, all right, dear. <laughs> all right. Bye, Rana. <laughs> kiss, kiss. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.